This Wednesday night, we'll be uh, studying from uh, uh, The Woman at the Well. <laughs> I'm trying to think, what was the title of what I'm doing Wednesday night? This last week, we changed water into wine, and you all missed it. Man, we had a wine full of time. <laughs> and uh, this week, we're going to be talking about The Woman at the Well. Next week is a very important weekend our church. And if it's not possible, I hope that you will come and be a part of that weekend. Uh, it's Brother Reverend Don Dennison. He's actually a doctor, but he doesn't like to be called doctor, so we just call him Reverend Don Dennison. And he is going to be here sharing with us this next week. He's going to be sharing with us next Saturday morning at 9 o'clock. And this is for particularly uh, leaders, perhaps, maybe church council or missions committee, if you consider yourself a leader in the congregation, we'd like for you to come. And we're, we're going to be serving a little bit of breakfast. I don't expect the, 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 the IHOP or anything like that, but uh, consider coming and having a little breakfast snack. Look at that snack. And there's a sign-up sheet in the foyer that I really need to know if you're coming, so I know how much how much uh, breakfast to get, and I've limited it to 15 people. You'll find out where you rate to list this floor. <laughs> but the, you know, that parsonage only holds so many people, and uh, but, uh, we, we really want our, our leadership and, and uh, guidance, counsel for our church to be there as we share our faith promise weekend. Next Saturday at 5 o'clock, what time? Five. Five o'clock. I moved it from six. Did y'all notice that? I moved it to six, so it wouldn't be dark when y'all got here. No, it may be dark when you leave, but it'd be, but I moved it to five, and I don't know. Uh, Carolyn, do we have a sign? Is there a sign-up sheet or anything? Or? No, just bring whatever you want. Bring whatever you want. Bring your steaks and... Uh, that is next Saturday at 5 o'clock. And then next Sunday, all of the adult Sunday school classes are going to be meeting together at 9 to share with our, our speaker. And then at 10, at 10 o'clock on our regular service next Sunday, we will be uh, sending uh, and doing our faith promise commitment time. If this week, you all will be receiving in the mail a little card like this. And you don't have to do anything with this car. But it's just an idea of what we're going to be doing next Sunday morning. And pray about perhaps what God would, how he would ask you to respond as a faith promise. And we will be collecting these next week. God lays on your heart. We'll be collecting those next week. And this helps us out with our, our various, uh, various ministries. I think we have uh, eight or nine big ministries that we support uh, from our congregation. And this is not supported from our general funding. This is just from Faith Promise. So it's very important that we respond to this. But you'll be receiving this card. You can look it over and respond as the Lord wants you to respond. One other thing before I move on is I uh, thought I would let you know that February the 20th through the 27th, Lynn and I is going to be gone. Aren't you glad? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so loved. I am loved. I am loved. I can risk loving you. <laughs> and 
the services of, uh, uh, of a Reverend Dr. Ray Owens to do Wednesday night and Sunday the week that I'm gone. Just want to let you know so that you may want to come and hear a good speaker for a change. And fellowship, he said, I'll, well, I'll do Wednesday night. He said, I'll get a chance to visit with those folks again. So I just want to let you know what's ahead down the road. And we're going to Arizona to celebrate my grandson's fourth birthday. So that we, so that's where we're going to be. Now, I just wanted to let you know ahead of time so we would not uh, spook you or anything like that. Now, in a way of uh, response and getting ready for our faith promise, last week we had the, the Millers sharing a video. I didn't come out very well, but we had them sharing a little bit about their ministry in Bolivia. And today I've asked Carmen to come and share a little bit about his ministry that we support and we help uh, uh, his mission, his partners in mission. And I wanted him to come and share a little bit about that. So I, I've given him five minutes. He said maybe 30 minutes, but uh, you, we go to the floor right here, don't we? No, I told him to take all the time he needs. And Carmen, we appreciate you. I did not know how to begin. 
I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for the support you have provided in education to my nephews. Uh, this is uh, one of twins. When we were at the orphanage, there were twin girls, about 12. They had a younger sister who was probably about 10. When the younger sister later married, had two children. When they were about three and five, she was killed in an automobile accident. So we enrolled her children. They were the very first children we gave a scholarship to. So this is the nephew she has referred to. My childhood at uh, Prince of Peace, that's the name of the orphanage, was a divine gift. There I had the opportunity to meet Jesus, experience the love of the family, make friends, and live experiences I never imagined. Seeking God at Prince of Peace, attending church, studying and obeying rules and norms for me, but it was not a challenge until that I had ever known before. After leaving the orphanage, I drifted away from God, living without purpose as if each day was the same as the last. I knew God existed. I grew up with his teachings, and I had never had a personal, but I had never had a personal relationship with him. When, with the loss of my sister Maria, that was the mother, the mother of my nephews was devastated. My world crumbled. I fell into deep depression. Together with my sister Juanita, we isolated ourselves, left the university, and emerged ourselves in grief. We felt guilt and in dark moments, even wished to give up on life. We were living in a state of living death, and in our desperation, we even became angry with God. But there comes a moment when you realize you cannot live in the abyss. You cannot climb out on your own. I remember the prayers we used to say as children with my sister. Lord, never let us stray from you. Even when circumstances become difficult, and, I don't, let, and don't let our hearts harden, and today I can see that God was faithful to his promises. He never abandoned us despite everything. One of Maria's greatest concerns was the future of her two sons if she was not present in their life. We never imagined that this fear would become a reality when we lost her in an accident. At that moment, we did not know what would become of her sons, spiritually, emotionally, academically, and as a family. Monique and I were still in university, did not have the resources to help them properly. Today, I can affirm that my nephew's lives have changed profoundly. When we have a video call, we hear them excitedly praising God. The songs that they learn in school, their achievements in English, math, and other subjects fill my heart with joy. Listening to their retelling of Bible stories is an invaluable gift, and I know my sister Maria would be happy to see her children growing in the faith. Their happiness and enthusiasm has inspired me to seek God once more, and in May of this year, which was last year, after falling to, into the depth of despair, my sister Juanita and I decided to return to church after a long absence. It was the best decision we made. During this time, I have seen God's faithfulness in every aspect of our lives. Rediscovering God has allowed us to move forward and the power of God never returns without fulfilling its purpose. Currently, Juanita and I take my nephew to church every Sunday, and their enthusiasm for faith is visible. They cannot wait to attend, and sometimes they are the ones asking their father to come with us to church. They cannot imagine the profound impact you have had in our lives and the lives of my nephews. For this, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being instruments of God.
in our life and for blessing my nephews. Your support has made a significant difference. And for that, I am eternally grateful with gratitude and love, Lisa. If any of you would like to receive our uh, newsletter, you can give me your email. I'll be glad to put you on the list. I never imagined that helping those two boys would help bring the two aunts back to God. So it's always a ripple effect. You, you touch one person's life, and they can touch somebody else. So we deeply appreciate the support you've given us through the years.
opportunities for us to support crisis pregnancy centers because there's still girls out there that are so confused and not sure what to do. And so we had dinner with Ray and Dana last night, and she was telling me Thursday um, their ladies' group is going to be meeting together, and the director of the crisis pregnancy center here in the Monroe West Monroe area is going to be speaking to their ladies. So I'm all about that. So I'd like to go, and I'd like some of you ladies to go. And if any of you are interested, let me know, uh, and we'll we'll carpool or do something uh, to get us there. I believe it starts at six. I didn't think to ask the time, but anyway. And, when we talk, if you're planning on going, you let me know, and I'll make sure I know what time it is. But anyway, it's a great ministry, and I want us to always have at least information about it. And if there's ways that we can support, um, whether it's just with you know our time and just our prayers, that's still very important. So that's my announcement. Hope, hope some of you will join me. Some of you ladies have to go with because. I'm not driving her over there. She can't drive. So, <laughs> so please volunteer for that. <laughs>
this from Donna Victory. And so I'm going to try to give you, Donna, James sent this to me uh, this morning. And
just for coming together to focus our attention upon you, to hear from you, and to also worship you this morning. Lord, we're people with needs. We thank you, Lord, for answered prayer on many of our behalfs. We continue to pray for those that are on our prayer list this morning. We pray for healing. We pray for encouragement. We pray, Father, that your presence would be manifest where they may be this morning. Thank you for the strength that you give us in knowing that our hope, our only hope is in you. Father, I pray that we would enjoy life today. And we would be people that are proud to be a Christian. Proud to be a follower of Christ. Lord, touch our hearts this morning and speak to our hearts as we hear from you. And we also give you an answer. Lord, we love you this morning. Thank you for salvation that you give us. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for being our Heavenly Father. Give you thanks for this in Jesus' name. Amen. I jumped the gun and I left out a song, so we're going to sing that song right now. All that thrills my soul is Jesus. You can stay seated where you're at if you promise to sing. If you don't sing, I'll say, okay, everybody up. Isn't that what they do in the army? I've never been in the army, so let's sing.
was good singing this morning. Are y'all glad to be here this morning? Amen. I seek for confirmation that you are glad that you're here this morning. In the presence of God. <laughs> and it's not to hear a, a, a wonderful sermon. I hope that happens. But we're here to worship the Lord and to exalt Him this morning. I pray that's why you're here this morning. If you have your Bibles this morning, then we'll look for me with a few for a few moments to chapter 12 of Hebrews. The last three Sundays we have been talking about the lettuce. The lettuce encouragement from the writer of Hebrews to the church. And that's to us. There are 14 times in the book of Hebrews that the term let us is used. And it's used to encourage and to motivate we as believers to stay on course. How easy is it to get off course in a Christian walk? Sometimes it can be very easy. Now, when we started a couple weeks ago, chapter 4, we talked about let us enter into his rest. Hold fast to our testimony. Draw near to Christ. The next week we talked about pressing on to maturity. Is that me? <coughs> inspiration, she gave an example 
of peeling an onion that life is like peeling an onion. You ever felt like you're an onion and being stripped of all those little different membranes? My mother used onions a lot in her cooking. You know, uh, onions can be uh, traced back to one of the earliest vegetables. It was discovered even since the beginning of time, at the beginning of time. And it's used in our food. How many of you ladies use onions in your food? Onions are also used to keep insects away. And it was the ancient Egypt, Egyptians that used onions as a symbol of life. A healing agent. Onions are known to form membranes around it as they grow, and they form skin layers around it. And the more mature an onion is, the more membranes or layers of skin is on it. Now, what you consider life? The older we get, the more experiences in membranes and encapsulize our lives. Do you know that the onion appeals to four of our five senses? You can always know when there's an onion here, can't you? My wife came home the other day, and I, I wear my Alabama jacket. I wear it everywhere. And I don't know, I think it was it was Priscilla and, and Nancy that had brought something from Bannas down there. You know, anybody ever eaten at Bannas and those big old hamburgers with all the juice and stuff like that? And they load them down with onions. And they brought that, that stuff into the office the other day, and they ate in my midst. While, and, and I could sure smell those onions. I got home and they said, where have you been? <laughs> you can always tell when there's an onions nearby. Onions also sense, uh, they, they, they season our food. Now, I, 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 I don't like onions on everything, but I do know a few onions always taste good. We were eating with Dana and Ray last night over at Olive Garden, and I love those red onions that they put in at Olive Garden. It seasons the salad, it's really good. Y'all might try it sometime. I know y'all don't go to Olive Garden, it's probably against your faith, but we, that's the answer quite one of them. When you're around an onion, you get eyes, your eyes begin to water. I remember my, my mother cooking supper and adding onions to the roast, and she would sit there and she would peel these onions instead of big, big old tears coming down. And I'd actually make fun of her. What are you crying about? It's these onions, man. I said, oh, those onions, they're not gonna hurt anybody. And until you try it, and here your eyes start to water. You know when you're near one and you know when you carry one. So, the illustration is this. Your life this morning, if you look at it, is like an onion. <coughs> it has different layers. And there are good things and bad experiences that are wrapping in your life. Hopefully we grow in wisdom. And we grow in understanding as a result. This 
morning helps us to peel our onions. There is a conjunction that is used here. What a conjunction does, they tell me, although I'm not an English major, my, my sons would tell me, where it begins, our scripture says, therefore, what that means is a conjunction that ties together the previous thought to the next thought. And he says, therefore, as a result of what you already have experienced in the previous chapters, and we know what the previous chapter was, is what we call the faith chapter of Scripture. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And he's talked that whole chapter of 11 about what faith is. Did you know that quitters don't give much inspiration? Did you know that? Quitters in life don't give inspiration. Ray was telling me last night of a pastor, a local pastor of a rather large church here in the Monroe, West Monroe area, that had committed suicide this last week. I don't know what it was, but he was telling me, he said, you want to know it. But what it was, is a man that was committed to the faith, he, he, he quit. He come to a place and he quit. I want you to know this morning, as we tie together this scripture, it says, Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses, let us, let us action, move ahead. And those, when those that finish the task with commitment, especially when the going has gotten tough, don't they give us so much inspiration? Keep on going and not quit. You know, somebody start the race with Christ, but they, some, some reason, don't finish. And it's so hard, so much of a heartbreak. Hey, when I was uh, in high school, I like to refer to myself as, you know, I don't laugh about this, but I like to consider myself an athlete. I, I, I look like them. <laughs> don't laugh. Um, I, I played baseball. I played basketball. We didn't have football at our high school. We had track. I threw a shot put and discus. And I also joined the wrestling team. Do you believe that? And I remember getting down and wrestling. And they would show us all these techniques. But when you got in certain positions and you got your, your shoulders locked down to the mat, they, used, they had a term that the referees would use. And the term was being tapped out. When you got locked down, you were tapped out. Some people in life get tapped out. And they feel hopeless and helpless. Paul said this in his testimony. I have kept the faith. Hey, can, can you imagine? Paul is about to go to the guillotine. He's about to get his head chopped off for his 
faith. Nothing else that he had done. He says, my testimony is this. As I'm marching from the jail prison to the guillotine, I have kept the faith. I have finished the course. Therefore, there is laid out for me a crown of righteousness. And not only for me, but for those who love his appearing. What a testimony. This morning, I want to share three thoughts from this scripture, if I may. I told Priscilla that my notes were short this week, so y'all can consider, Ken, it'll be a short sermon. Amen. And if there's anybody that says amen in this church more than Ken, I think I tell him something that appeals to his thoughts, and that's a short sermon. Amen. <laughs> Let us, number one, be inspired by those who have gone on before us. Be inspired by those who have gone on before us. Paul has taught, the writer of Hebrews has just written in Hebrews 11, he used some of the examples, such as Noah, that was consistent. Nobody else got saved except for him and his family. But he kept on building that ark. There was Abraham that, that left his homeland to a place that he'd never been before. There was Moses who told God in the, in the desert while he was watching his father-in-law sheep that he just wanted to be left alone. You know, we all have witnesses to our lives. Maybe we have Sunday school teachers that have gone on to be with the Lord. And you remember some of the things they taught you. Or maybe it was a pastor. Maybe they led you to the Lord. Maybe it was your parents that have gone on to their eternal reward. Or your friends. We celebrate their homecoming when we know that they are have passed in the Lord. But let us be inspired today by those witnesses surrounding us. Let your mind think back for just a few moments. Someone that has been inspirational in their Christian walk that you have walked, looked at, and you have thought of, man, I should hope they're proud of me. You know that? I loved my dad when he was a preacher. And I oftentimes, he was a great preacher. I, I, I don't think I am. But he was a great preacher. And I always thought to, in my years as I was preparing in the ministry and walking in the ministry, I, I hope that my ministry one day will, 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 will somehow be comparable to his ministry. And my grandfather, I had we go on. My mother, I had so many people. If I ever quitted my faith, God helped me because I have so many witnesses that are watching over my life. In here in this place, you have witnesses of people that have worshipped here through the years and have now gone on to their great reward in heaven. And now they are our witnesses. And I wonder this morning, and the writer says, let us consider this morning that great cloud of witnesses surrounding us.
voices, what do they do? They whisper from time to time in our ears. When we're faced with dilemmas and places in our lives that we need direction to carry on. And I know many times I thought, I wish I had my dad to talk to. I wish I had my mother to talk to. Wouldn't it be nice? I want you to know that those that have passed into faith are our witnesses this morning. Looking at our life. I know my dad is up in, up in him. He's looking down at me and he, I'm sure sometimes he's just shaking his finger at me. You know, my dad was my principal and eighth grade teacher in my school that I went to. I think I've told somebody this before, but my dad, you know, he never showed me any favoritism at all in the classroom. I can attest to that. I remember one time that I didn't understand the math problem or something. And so I was brave enough to get out of my desk. And I went up to his desk and, and, and asked him, I said, I, I, don't, I can't figure this out. My dad, being his personality, looked up and he said, Dan, it's in the book. Go back and read the book. <laughs> that was the help that I got from my dad. Sometimes I think in my ministry, I said, Dad, what would you do? And my dad is up there. He said, Dad, go back to the book. <laughs> and you know, we have such great examples of people that have gone before us. Amen. And they spur us on. They encourage us. So let's be inspired. Let us be inspired by that great cloud of witnesses that have gone on before us. Secondly, let us be prepared for the struggles that's going to come. Did you know in your onion is going to have some struggles that's going to come? Did you know that, Margaret? There's going to be some struggles that comes along in life. And as we start peeling back the onion skins, we see those experiences of struggles and troubles that sometimes come our way. Reminding from James 1. Brothers and sisters, consider it joy when you encounter various trials. The writer says here when we get struggles that we are supposed to throw off everything that hinders us. The troubles and the struggles. We throw them off because there's something more important than the troubles around us and the experiences that we endure. The writer of Hebrews says, be ready. Be prepared. Be a good boy scout. Be prepared for what's going to come our way. Life is not sometimes easy. Life is so complex. And it seems like every day that goes back, goes by, things are added to it. Just when I think I've got everything figured out, somebody in the church brings me another issue.
And he goes on and he says, and let us run with endurance with the word perseverance. Y'all know what persevere means? I, I didn't know what persevere meant until it came on my report card one year. And on there, you know how they give the little numbers for the your, how you act in class, your, you know, your conduct and everything. And on there, they put the number that said, uh, read the number down and said, has perseverance. And I thought, what? And I thought it was a bad word or something. I didn't know. And, 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 and I said, what does that mean, perseverance? And, and, and my mother said, hey, that's good. You keep on keeping on, even when things don't look good. And as Christians, we are advised through the writer of Hebrews to keep on keeping this. Lay aside what hinders you. Put it aside, your trouble. Put aside your possessions. Put aside your habits. Put aside your attitude and your apathy. And perhaps those secret sins that you know God doesn't like. Throw them off, he says. Run with perseverance. Keep on keeping on. Even when it's darkest. Keep on keeping on. And then it goes on to the third point. Which is, says this. Let us then focus our attention on who? Uh, who? Jesus. I just want to know if you were with me this morning. Focus our attention on Jesus. Why do we focus our attention on Jesus? Do you think Jesus had it any easier than we had it? Definitely not. And he goes on to describe here in the, the end of the second and third verse here. It says, he was the author and perfecter of our faith. He endured the cross. Now, I haven't seen any of you nailed to the cross out here yet. Um, he was shamed by men. He was opposed with, by his enemies. He was persecuted. He was poked fun at. But, fixing our eyes on Jesus, he stayed the course. He ran the race. He paid the price of life. One day we're all going to have the privilege of standing before him with our full life on display to Him. Amen? Are you ready to have your life exposed to Jesus this morning? One day we will stand before Him to give an account for our lives. Do you know our only claim as we say stand before Jesus is this? It was His blood that saved me. And it was in His hope that I am living. Church, let us be inspired this morning. Let us be prepared for that which we don't really like the life. But focus your attention on Jesus, who is the author and finisher of your faith. Faith is not yours. Faith has been given to you by God. Utilize it to believe and trust in Him. Run with patience. Don't lose heart. Don't become discouraged. Don't quit. Keep on keeping on. So I'd ask you, how's your onion 
can smell this morning. My son was not, well, he had trouble. Well, he wasn't an athlete. But his buddies would all play baseball and play basketball, but Caleb just wasn't that coordinated. He was a rather big guy. In fact, I had him play in, play in the uh, 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 basketball, mixed basketball, when he was like in fifth grade. And he got out there, and the girls and the boys were playing together. And I was the coach. Me and another pastor was coaching, and his son played also. And Caleb, then I really got excited. Caleb, Caleb was, he, he was rather big, and he'd get in there, and he'd fight the rebounds. Uh, boy, that's my son. And then I looked up, and I saw him just standing. You see what happened? When he went up for a rebound, he hit a girl in the face with his elbow. He said, Dad, I don't want to ask for anybody. I don't want to hurt anybody. And in time, we started learning about other things that he enjoyed doing that he could do. Some of you may not be basketball players today. And some of you may even feel like winning in the faith. Some of you may think, I just can't do it. But I want you to know God's got something else for you. To keep on, keep it on. Don't quit. Let us. Because we've been surrounded by our witnesses. They're watching us. Are we going to keep this church Growing and, and going to eternity, it'll be left up to us. Our, our, there's witnesses watching to see it if we're doing our part. Sometimes I say, Lord, please forgive me. I know my time's up. I got one other story I want to tell you because that's in my notes and I'm going to use it up on it. <laughs> Some of you have probably, maybe a, a little older than me, have heard of the Thrilla in Manila. How many of you heard about the Thrilla in Manila? Yeah, I've got a couple of you. The Thrilla in Manila was the third and final bout between Muhammad, Muhammad Ali and Smoking Joe Frazier. They had fought twice earlier. Frazier won the first match. Ali won the second. And the third and final match was held in the Philippines. And they coined it, actually, Muhammad Ali coined it, the Thrilla in Manila. And the contest got its name from the frequent Ali ride boast that it would be a killer and a thriller and a chiller when I get that gorilla in Manila. This fight was a bruising match. And in the 15th round, can you believe it? After being slugging each other out, one of them winning one round, another one winning another round, and some of the rounds were tied. But the 15th round came, and the trainer for Joe Frazier would not allow Joe Frazier to come out. Fearing for his personal safety. And that resulted in a TKO, a technical knockout for a lead. 
and it's the boxing equivalent of tapping out and giving up as I did in my wrestling matches. The Ali Fraser fight, though billed as the greatest fight in the 20th century, was nothing compared to the battle Jesus waged on a daily basis. A daily basis.
to be here. Folks, if you want to, if, if you want to come to our leadership next Saturday morning, please sign up so I know that your breakfast is going to be there. It won't be there if your name's not on the list, by the way. Uh, I, and uh, we'll want to pray for Carpenter as he leaves us this week, isn't it? Tuesday. And we want to pray for our faith promise that we would honor the Lord in what he's asked us to do as a church. May the Lord bless you this morning. Keep smiling and the world smiles in with you. Frown and you frown along. James, you frown along. <laughs> Poor James, he just stick around. Hey, uh, may you shine, your life shine on other people this morning. And let them see Jesus in you. Amen? God bless you. Thank you.